up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Hey, Chris, what's going on today? I'm just over here, you know, looking forward to the guest that we have on today. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It's our uh, special episode Tuesday. I don't know what we want to call it. But anyway. Are they bonus episodes? Sure. Yeah, kind of, I guess, even though it's like scheduled. I don't know. It's our awkward every other Tuesday bonus special episode (laughs) guest. There you go. Sometimes other stuff, other times day episode. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. And uh, today we have Derek Campanelli of the food blog Dad with a Pan. Yep. Derek started his food blog a while back and he's just crushing it right now. And, you know, we we wanted to reach out to a food blogger and have him on the show so that we can kind of learn what that whole world is like because... It is an interesting world. Yeah. I hope that you find it interesting as well. Just kind of reading his, you know, the mission statement on his blog, it just feels so very aligned with what we're trying to do here. Making the kitchen accessible for dads is like really kind of actually what he says. And so it felt like a great fit and looking forward to this episode. Hey, Derek, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Great. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wow. Dad with a pan. What a sweet image you've got going on there. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. It's obviously more than just an image. It's a lifestyle and crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been what now? What? Four or five years that I've been doing this. Maybe longer. I don't know. I think I started this in like 2014. So it's been a long road, but it's been crazy. I didn't really think it would ever get to where the point it is now. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just insane what you can do on the internet these days. Yeah. Did you mention that it's now a full-time deal for you? Yeah. Yeah. I put in the, the two weeks at my nine to five end of October of last year. So it's just been, I couldn't do it anymore. I was doing like, you know, 50 hours at the nine to five plus trying to maintain everything I was doing with the blog. And it was just like, it was getting obviously that you, that's, there's no way you can maintain that in the whole atmosphere that we're living right now in, you know, this pandemic world that we're in. So it was just like, it was just way too much stress. And it was just like, I, I think this is, this is the time, which is weird. Cause I'm really bad at like timing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I think quitting your job in the middle of a pandemic to go, you know, full-time self-employed is probably not like what you imagined you'd be do- how you'd be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Some people might say that's a little questionable. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like my wife, this has been something I've been trying to like mentally prepare my wife for like for years. Like, you know, like I, I'm going to have to go full-time. I'm going to have to, you know, this is, this is where we're going if we want to like, you know, really support the family. And she's very like, you know, I have to have a plan for everything we need do this. And when I told her, you know, I, I think I have to quit my job. I, I can't do this anymore. And she was like, all right, well I, I support you. And I was just like, usually I get like a lot of pushback and there wasn't any pushback. And I think she kind of knew like we, there was no way we could do this with my son. Who's, you know, behind me right now on his own zoom meeting, doing distance learning. She's like, she can't have me out of the house for like, you know, 50 hours a week trying to maintain the house and then me coming home and not being there. Cause I have to catch up on content. It was just, it, I think it was just the writing was on the wall. It's time to time to make the move. It sounds like to me, you're not bad with timing, but amazing at timing. 
<laughs> well, you know, it feels like it's bad timing, you know, when you're when you're going. It's like you don't know what the future holds anyways. But like when, you know, everything's up in the air with like everything that's been going on in the world, you're just like you don't know what the next, you know, six months is going to bring. So it's like anything you do, there's always an uncertainty. So I guess it just depends on how you kind of look at things. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, Chris and I, I think we can both relate to that. We started this podcast right around the same time that you quit your job and which... Mm. It's, I guess, October of last year. And outside of the podcast, both Chris and I have have our own little gigs going. You know, we're both self-employed. And so I think we get it. I think I would say you're in a safe place for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I think one thing that we did want to know is just what was kind of the the impetus or genesis of Dad with a Pan, the food blog? Man. So I always say like I, I accidentally fell into this. So like my whole life, I've always done like crazy things on the side, like always like I think it always came down to the fact that like my nine to five never fully paid the bills, which is weird to say when you're in IT. Everyone thinks yep. like, you know, you're making making bank, but sometimes that's not always the case. So, you know, like I always started doing like, you know, like craziest one that I think I've had was I was going to do beta fish breeding and my wife always like laughs and gives me crap over that <laughs> she thinks i'm crazy i always have like these crazy like ideas like these little business ventures that i'm always going to do and it never really comes to fruition but like one thing that i've always enjoyed probably as much as i enjoy it has been cooking like i've lived on my own since i was 18 or 19 so like learning how to cook on my own especially when you know money's tight that's something you have to learn how to do unless you want to be eating top ramen every week learning how to cook at a young age and then kind of always being the one who cooked at home it was something that's always just been a passion of mine so as you know we had kids and as the you know the person who brings home the paycheck that pressure to keep you know everything flowing in that kind of it's always in the back of your mind so it's like well i i I can't keep this going in it what else can i do and you know i started seeing other people starting to share recipes and it wasn't anymore like you know this random website with like a hokey picture not to put down anyone who does that because everyone starts somewhere but i mean even me and my website you should see the pictures at the beginning but you start to see like more higher quality like photos and and i was like man i want to do that because like photography has always been a passion of mine too so it's like well maybe I could put all these things together and being in it. And I mean, I think my first website was like when I was 15 and actually got like an, a paycheck, like a $20 paycheck from like ads, which was crazy at the time. Maybe I could do this. So, you know, I started putting my head down and with a lot of push of my wife, cause you know, I'll start ideas and I'll kind of fizzle them out. She was like, always kind of pushed me. So I was like, all right, let's, let's get this going. And when I finally got the website up, it was more of a kind of a hobby. I, 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 I thought like, yeah. well, maybe I could just like share my, share my recipes. And at most it's just going to be a, you know, know online database for like my own recipe so i always have you know a way to kind of look back and figure out like what i did and how i made them you know i I met some people that were really helped focus my energy and my attention on where i should focus things on to kind of really make this successful and probably within the first six months i think i got good enough feedback to know that like this was actually going to go somewhere but five six years down the road now i never thought i'd be to the point where i i was at i always thought it would be like a side job and probably would fizzle out one day but like i don't see an end in sight which is crazy but i mean gosh there's so many people doing this nowadays so it's it's been really fun derek one of the things i i love about your instagram feed is that you'll you'll take these like very basic food items that we all grew up with as kids like Mm -hmm. like hot dogs Mm -hmm. or nachos or ramen noodles and like you figured out a way to actually make us want to have those again you know for me growing up nachos (laughs) were basically just these round tortilla chips from a bag and then 
there was a side of nacho cheese sauce. It wasn't even queso. Like, we, we didn't even know what queso was back then. <laughs> it was just, like, this very ordinary, rudimentary cheese sauce that was probably, like, 80% plastic, to be honest with you. And yeah. somehow you have taken that and you've made it gourmet. <laughs> like, you've got this you've got this this picture of nachos that what is it is it baked like it's it's like scorched on top but it looks so good and there's things like lobster in it and so many other items like what is there sausage in that what is that black beans i don't know what that is i just know that i want it mm. and then it's you know topped off the cilantro and then served with negramadello and it just looks so tasty. That's awesome. You know, it's funny you mentioned nachos as a kid because I took a cooking class in, in high school. And I think one of my like my eye opening like wow moments you could do this because was the cooking instructor said, well, sprinkle some cumin on the cheese. And when you, you know, because like like you said, like nachos were like little round chips with the nacho cheese. I think mine was uh, nacho chips like a uh, Napoleon Dynamite style where you just load it with cheese and throw it in the microwave for 30 seconds. <laughs> and then she just like just put cumin. It was just like one simple spice and I was like oh wow that's where that flavor comes from and it's like sometimes when I put things together I don't really have an end goal in mind I just kind of like take what I like and then put like I guess inspiration that I've taken from watching other people do it or like a restaurant that I like and just kind of do my own spin on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I mean it kind of sounds like really the the whole adventure in and of itself as well as a lot of your recipes they just kind of develop organically and it didn't start out with this grand vision in mind but it's just kind of developed into something that's just naturally naturally kind of an expression of of where you're at and like what your your taste and style and likes are yeah for sure i think that's probably the thesis of my life is just run and gun <laughs> oh 100% <laughs> me too chris yeah. is cringing over there <laughs> i can i can relate a little bit i i have i always have like grand design of coming up with this really like developed plan mm-hmm. but everything just kind of turns into flying by the seat of my pants yeah. but uh i can have a vision of something and like uh, that's where i want to go and that's how i want to but like how to get there like i can put down a strategy and like say like okay well here's a game plan but it's like once the rubber hits the road it's like no that's that's not how that's yeah. happening <laughs> Do you, do you ever make something that is just super inspiring and it looks amazing and you, you bring your family over because you're so proud of it and you're like, wow, you guys got to try this. This is going to be so good. And then you try it and it's just like horrible, but you have yeah, to keep it because yeah. it looks so good for social. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, to be honest, there's been a few times where like I've made a recipe. I was like, mm, that's that's not good. But like I, I've already <laughs> shot the photos and I've like no one knows what it tastes like from the pictures. So like I can... I can easily fix it. Like I'll just, instead of shooting it again, I'll just cook it again and be like, all right, well here's how to fix it. And then that's the new recipe with the same pictures. So a little easier to fix, but video, if you do video, there's no way you got to redo it. You got to redo it all. So that high school class, is that kind of how you really got into cooking? Because you said that you've always been the primary cook in your family, but you know, that's, that's obviously not necessarily the norm. And at least from, from our experience too, like we are both really just getting into this. So Mm -hmm. is is that, is that kind of where you started and it's just kind of taken off since then? Yeah, I think I drew a lot of inspiration from my mother cooking not that she was, I mean, she she wasn't like a world-class cook or anything, but like she would, you know, kind of teach me how to cook in the kitchen every now and then. But then I think it really started to hone in once I took that class in high school. I mean, I actually wanted to go to Cordon Bleu. And, you know, go into the whole culinary world. And then I don't know what happened. I think I just decided to go down the IT road because that was what my father did. But I think if I had to do it again, I probably would have went down the culinary road. As far as like me being the the main person who cooks, 
I think that just kind of like, I want to say accidentally happened, but it was just because I was always doing the one cooking when I was younger, when I was living by myself. And it was just, it's kind of something that I always enjoy doing. I, for me, I, I don't know if it's like the Italian part of me, but like, I feel like cooking for someone and to like, you know, give them food that like you really enjoy and sharing with them. I think that's a, a great way to like show like you're loved to other people and gets kind of like my way of like showing my love to my family. <laughs> yeah, that's something that my my wife says all the time. I don't I don't know if I really like fully got it until this little endeavor that we started. You know, I didn't I didn't necessarily grow up in a foodie family. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a good bit. So this whole this whole space is is super new to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I can I can absolutely see how there's so much effort and thought and and care that you put into it and it it definitely can be an expression of of that affection. Yeah. Speaking of cultural norms, you know, this is something I've been thinking about quite a bit, actually. And well, I, I actually got the idea from from you, from your blog a little bit, you know, going through and, and reading some of your story, you talk about how you love your mom's cooking yep. and you loved your dad's barbecue. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's that's how it was for so many of us growing up. And I, I think it's kind of shifting a little bit. And I, I think, I don't know, like maybe we should be celebrating that that shift. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, these domains like, right. it's, you know, moms only belong in the kitchen or dads only belong on the barbecue. It doesn't have to be singular. Yeah, I think they can be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. I, I think I want to celebrate this concept, this idea that wherever the family is, wherever that's taking place, we can be too. Yeah. I've always found it fascinating that, you know, in the, the professional, like the culinary world, it's a it's a men's space. But then like yeah. in the home, that's that's the women's space. And it's it's never really made any sense to me because like you see a lot of like men like I see it all the time. And, it, it, and I think it's what you said. It's like a quote unquote cultural norm right now. It's like they, they feel like, Oh, well, I don't want to be in the cook the meals. That's, that's the woman's job. Or like, I've also seen people go, Oh, that looks really good. I'm going to have my wife or girlfriend cook it for me. I'm like, <laughs> you can try cooking it yourself. I mean, I got the whole, yeah, it's just instructions. Just, just follow them. <laughs> like, like, what do you think contributes to that? Is, is, is there still an element of kind of like traditional gender roles that play into that? Because I, I've wondered if it's that, or if there's also not this, this, element of not necessarily knowing where to start. You know, you mentioned that your your mom kind of taught you a little bit, but like I, I know that I didn't have that. And so when I was out on my own, kind of when I when I moved out, had an apartment and everything, I I like honestly like didn't even know how to put something together. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to start. Like if I was going to go to the store, I didn't know what to buy, how to pick a recipe. So I ate out a lot. Do you think do you see either one of those two things being the primary thing or is it some type of like mix of the two? It could be a mix of the two cuz now that I'm thinking about it, I'm I'm kind of thinking it of it, like from the reverse aspect of, you know, there's not a lot of women who, you know, barbecue at home. And that's usually like the, that's usually what the guy does. And from like a, a guy perspective, I can see how barbecuing is less intimidating. I feel like there's fewer ingredients. Like for the most part, if you want to grill a steak, yeah. all you really need is meat, salt, and pepper. And then you just throw it on fire and pull it off when it looks done. Like that's pretty basic to me, but it's delicious. And I think that's, you know, it's, one of the best things that yeah. you can do. But yeah, like I, I I can see like how going to a grocery store and like, well, I don't know how to pull this together. I don't know what ingredients to get. I don't know what to do that. You know, like that's, I could see that contributing to an intimidation factor. And I'm thinking back into like the whole kitchen world. Like one thing that I'm not great at and I probably never will be at. And that's, and, and this is where I always defer to my wife is baking. To me, it's not a, oh, well, that's what women do. Women just bake because I feel like women still pretty much hold that space. But for me, it's like, I'm not good with attention to detail. And when it comes to baking, like it's not a quick fix. Like if I'm 
cooking, you know, I'm just sauteing something on a pan. I can taste as I go and I can like, I can change the course if I need to, to kind of get the recipe back on track. But like baking, like if you got to like do a test batch, like you got to like, if you're doing cookies, you got to like make sure like flour to the egg, the mixture is right. And you got to make sure the, the actual steps like the process that you do is it's got to be exact or it does not come out right and i always like i always tell my wife like i didn't come out right it's like it's like because you run through everything just like take your time and like you have to follow like the the directions and it's got to be this i'm like oh, i don't got time for that <laughs> yeah she always laughs too because she's like i don't understand how you can cook like things like you do and you can't even follow like the steps on like the back of a macaroni box like <laughs> i couldn't tell you how many times i've screwed up a batch of macaroni no phil i think you've definitely talked about that a few times where like it's really interesting to see different people's personalities come out in the kitchen in different ways mm. now i think we become more of who we are in the kitchen don't you i mean you know for me, I, I'm not a details guy. In fact, Derek, I think in another life, you and I might have been best friends. But Chris and I were just kind of talking about this idea before we started recording that, you know, take the Great British Baking Show, for example, probably the greatest form of entertainment ever to come out outside of Dad's Kitchen, I might add. And, you know, they, they've got these technical bakes on, on the show. So if you're unfamiliar with the show, you basically got a, a signature bake, a technical yeah. bake, and then a showstopper challenge. And then the, the technical bake is are, are these very detailed, nuanced ingredients lists and then and then these directions. And you have to follow them to the T. And I, I would do so bad at those because I just have a hard time following directions. My wife, on the other hand, absolutely slays at these. <laughs> and, you know, like yeah. if, if she's going down a list and it'll call for a rise and <laughs> what's that? I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting there like, well, what do you use? Do you use baking soda? Do you use baking powder? Like what, what do you, what do you use the difference? I don't even know the differences between the two. And she's like, didn't you pay attention in chemistry class? It's actually pretty fairly obvious. You have an acid and a base and you put them together and they make yeah. a rise. That's funny that you mentioned the chemistry thing because I always loved chemistry as a kid and like you know like put things together and seeing the reactions but like that doesn't for me that doesn't translate over to baking at all I'm just like nah I think maybe it's a guy thing like fire it's it's I, I love I love the flame like even like my just putting a pan over, you know, the the flame on your stove and just, you know, making the, you know, the flames come up when you, you know, you're stirring the, you know, the pan a little bit to get like some kind of reaction. That's always fun to see too. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's almost like the next evolutionary step after like a campfire. <laughs> yeah. Just like as a kid, like I, I grew up loving to like tend the fire and, and put it together and stuff. And so I, I, I can see, I can see an evolution of that, like campfire, grill, stove. <laughs> Staring into a fire is like at the heart of humanity, you know, like all of life's great mysteries and, and problems have been solved. Like so much philosophy has been built around just, just looking into fire. <laughs> so, um, one of maybe the, the goals that we defined when we were starting this podcast was one, just to personally like get into the kitchen more and looking at, at your blog and kind of your, your about and a, a little bit of that mission to, make make that kitchen space more approachable to dads. I think we we really resonated with that. And a question along those lines would be out of your back catalog of recipes. If you had to pick one recipe for, you know, a, a dad that might be listening that's just thinking about like taking that plunge and diving in and trying to make something on their own, what would what would that one recipe be? Oh gosh. This might be the Italian to me, but like a good homemade marinara sauce is always, that's always something that you should have in like your arsenal. And it's, it's fun to make. It's not anything where you have to like blow up the kitchen, even though I blow up the kitchen every time I'm in there, but like you can take your time, get everything cooked 
and then just kind of let it slow cook over the day if you want and then you know boil up some pasta and then you've got a whole meal that everyone's going to love. Yeah, I think that's interesting and good. That was that was one thing that I always felt comfortable with early on was pasta. It's kind of like at a base level, it feels like one of those things that's hard to just royally screw up. Mm-hmm. But then it, it feels like there is a, a high ceiling as far as like what good pasta can be. Yeah, for sure. I think anything slow cooked, I, f- I feel like, or even just not slow, slow cook, but like anything that like you can kind of taste along the way and kind of get a handle over what it should taste like and being able to make those minor changes as you go. I think that's always a great way to start your cooking adventure, I guess you could say. Okay. So are you, have you ever dove into homemade pasta at all? I have not, but I've really wanted to actually, I think I'm planning on trying to make some homemade gnocchi and then maybe go from there and make some actual homemade pasta. I just need to, you know, give myself a little kick in the rear to actually make an investment on getting a pasta, you know, one of those little pasta rollers, whatever you call it. I have, a, I have one of those kitchen aids, you know, like the, the stand mixer, as I, you know, talk about how bad I am at baking. I rarely use it for baking. I actually use all the attachments. You know, I got like a, a little vegetable strainer slash meat grinder. And so I want to get like, you know, the pasta attachments and all that crazy stuff for it. Yeah. So we, we got like one of those, I don't remember the exact brand, but one of those kind of traditional hand crank ones. Mm-hmm. And that thing is a workout. It is, it is like so hard to use. So we've been talking about getting the, the KitchenAid attachment, yeah. but that, that's something that we, we've loved doing. You know, my wife's from the East coast. So Italian food is like a big deal to them. Oh, yeah. And you know, we, we here in, in Colorado where we're at now, you don't really see a lot of good Italian. We have, we have a lot, we have a lot of like fantastic Mexican, but the Italian is something that we kind of miss out on. And really? honestly, yeah, there's just not a lot here. Huh. I don't know. One of the things that we've found in, in making our own is that sometimes like you don't even necessarily need to roll it out or, or use the machine. Like some of our, our favorite pasta, we've just hand rolled and then cut with a knife. Yeah, there was um there was a recipe I did last year where it was it was a post I was working on with PBS. They were trying to promote this cooking show and all I really had to do was recreate one of the recipes. The one that like resonated with me was a pasta one and it was like a hand rolled one. It was really cool. Like you would like yeah. you would almost make a like a little ball of pasta dough and then roll it out with your hand and it would make like these little twirled like I wish I would remember what the name of the pasta was, but I can't remember. But it was it was fun. I made it with my son. It was not the prettiest dish I've ever made, but it was uh, it was fun to make. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's one thing that we, we've loved about pasta is the process of like making it together. Actually, we did that, I want to say it was my wife's 30th. We had a few friends over and, you know, just a couple of bottles of wine and we turned our whole kitchen island into like a, a pasta making station and everybody was able to get involved. I don't know, it was, it was a ton of fun. And that's one thing that I think that my wife has really, it's, it's one thing that she's always loved, but I think I've, I've grown to enjoy with her is like that the process of us like in the kitchen together, that shared experience. Yeah. I don't know what it is about cooking food together, but like there's kind of like a, I guess a bonding time that you can have. I've noticed that with my kids, like they love coming in the kitchen and and always asking to help. Like my son's favorite thing to do now is when he sees me making eggs in the morning, he always asks if he can make them. Like, and he's like, he's almost to the point where he can just, I can just hands off and just say, okay, go ahead. But like, it's, it's just, it's fun being able to do something with, you know, the people that are around you, whether it's, you know, like going and doing an outdoor activity or even just in the kitchen, you know, cooking a meal. Chris, I'm so sad to hear that you don't actually have good pasta out there. This might be a great opportunity for you to open up a restaurant in Colorado. (sighs) That sounds like way too much work. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm going to stick to cooking at home. No, Molly and I did talk about uh, a bakery at several points in time. So we, we've, we've talked about it, Phil, but I don't know. That sounds like a little beyond where we're at right now. Derek, you've got pretty good Italian. And w- where do you live? Uh, I live in um, Southern California. Okay. So you've got everything. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest, like, you know, perks of living in this area is, you know, you always, you got great Mexican food. I've never had bad Italian food out here unless you want to count Olive Garden, but I mean, it's Olive Garden. It's a chain, (laughs) but yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's great Mexican, there's great Italian, there's great Asian. I mean, we've got, there's pho and ramen bowls like everywhere you go. I mean, and even Indian food, although a neighbor of mine is originally from England and he was like, your guys' Indian food out here is horrible. He's like, he's like, I've only found one good place, and it was the place I always go to. So I, I based my Indian food off of the one place that I go to. He's like, that place, they have good Indian food. So I don't know, maybe maybe the, the, the jury's still out on whether or not we have good Indian food. And good fusion, too, right? I mean, oh yeah, like I feel like Southern California almost invented this Asian fusion. So Yeah, good. I feel like especially like if you go out in L.A. with all the food trucks, they're just going to do fusion everything. Is pineapple on pizza? a considered fusion? I don't know, but if you want to piss people off, that's a good way to do it. I was, I, I'm, Even in California? I almost thought, oh my gosh, everyone, it's so, pol- I don't know why that's such a polarizing like thing to say. I mean, I'm probably going to piss off a bunch of people too right now. I enjoy pineapple on pizza. Like I, like I, if someone has like, you know, the Hawaiian, you know, ham with pineapple, I have a slice or two. I don't remember who it was, but there it was, I think it was like one of the guys that my mom was dating for uh, a point in time. He would order pepperoni with pineapple and i was like all right and i, I enjoyed it and i was like okay that's i've never eaten it again but i was like okay i thought that'd be a, a good post to do on instagram i tell my wife's like i'm just gonna do a like a homemade like pineapple you know and pepperoni or something pizza and just post it and it's like no no caption just put discuss and then just watch the comments below because i'm sure they will <laughs> Caption this photo. Yeah. You should get like little mini slices of pizza and then a slice of pineapple and put those on it. Oh man. <laughs> and just watch watch everyone just melt. I can get behind I can get behind Hawaiian, but when you start like mixing pineapple with other things, I don't know. Yeah, I think I it's... like a good angry Hawaiian. What is that? Oh, okay. So you take, you know, your basic Hawaiian pizza with your Canadian bacon and your pineapple, and then you add roasted jalapeno, and then I've seen it with a balsamic reduction, and it just makes it like that. That balsamic reduction gives it the sweet, and the the jalapeno give it the spicy, and it's just so good. It's good. I don't don't know what the Italians, uh, I don't know what they they would take on, you know, what the Americans have done to their dish. So I'm out here on the East Coast, and as you can imagine, this is like a pretty hot topic item for where I live. Mm. Well, every Friday night, uh, family tradition, we'll do pizza and movie, right? It's like super fun. It's our, our little thing that we do as a family, and highly, highly recommend it. But you know, my girls, they're they're young. They'll they'll share a little ten inch pizza, but they always get the same toppings. Mm-hmm. They'll do pineapple and black olives, and okay, sure, whatever. It's their pizza. I get it for them. And the other day I went to go pick it up and, and the guys in the pizza place, they were giving me a hard time because they said they always know it's me. And I'm like, I know, I know the, <laughs> the pineapple and black olives, whoever thought to put pineapple with black olives. And they're like, no, man, that's not it. It's just because you put pineapple on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the only one who uses pineapple. <laughs> the, the, they'll order it. From we, like only, the, we only order <laughs> pineapple because you order it. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta make the regulars happy. It's funny that you mentioned the olives. I, 
totally forgot that like my dad used to put olives on his pizza and it's actually good. It's not bad. It's not my favorite. No, it's not my but choice, it's but it's, yeah. Okay, Derek, speaking of pizza toppings, what, what are some foods that your kids absolutely refuse to eat? Oh man, let me roll out the list. For sure, my son is a picky eater. He's getting better. He's starting to willing to at least have a bite and then rip it apart and make it and eat it how he wants to, which is absolutely plain. I'm trying to think of something like they haven't touched though. As picky as they are, like he won't eat a lot of the things, but he'll at least have a bite. It's about texture. Everything boils down to texture. I mean, I made over the holidays, I made these are called snowball cookies, which they're just like, they're like a sugar cookie rolled in powdered sugar. And it almost makes like this soft, almost doughy like outer. And then they're really nice and crunchy on the inside. He didn't like them. He acted like I gave him poison. Like you should have saw his <laughs> face. He was just like, he, like he took a bite and immediately opened it up and acted like there was like fire in his mouth. I was like, what's How wrong? How dare you like, put this sugar in me? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I could not believe it. I was like, only my son would be offended by a cookie. And then my, my daughter, she's uh, a little better. I think she's going to be my foodie is Brayden enjoys cooking. So I think it's, he's slowly going to build up a, a love for food. I say a like, like he hates food, <laughs> but like, I, I feel like my daughter is more like me. She's just like, ah, just everything in the mouth. Brayden's old more like if it has an odd texture, it's, it's not going down. Do you find that by involving them in the cooking process, they're more apt to try some of these irregular no. foods? <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like I thought that was going to be the trick. I, I was like, well, you know, because you always see all like the, oh, we'll get your child to like help you cook the dish. You're going to be more like intrigued to eat it. And there's been times where my, my son, like I was like, all right, I'll try it. And I say it's about a 50-50 shot if it's going to work or not. There's been times where like, oh, yeah. And then he, he takes a bite. And he's like, no. Or he won't even like, I'm not eating this. Like as we're cooking, he's like, I'm not going to eat this. I'm like, all right, well, let's just cook it together then. <laughs> I guess he knows what he likes. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. He gets that from my wife. Yeah. I don't know. I can, I can get the texture thing. Weird textures definitely throw me off. What what type of textures is he adverse to? Is it Was it like the soft part of the cookie or kind of the combo of the, the crunchy soft? Or? I think it's it's for him, it's like a, a grainy texture that he doesn't like. I think that's what I've noticed. So if like, and I think there was, I think I put nuts in there if I remember correctly. And that was just. I think that was a, a non-starter for him. Like, I think this, the second he felt that nut, he was like, no, nah, I'm done. But like, it's, it's, I feel like it's always just like a crapshoot with him of like guessing what he's going to like and what he's not going based on texture. It's a grainy thing for him. Does he like kiwi? Yeah, he loves kiwi. Really? Yeah. I was listening to a different food podcast actually just this morning and they were talking about how the texture of kiwi feels like broken glass in your mouth. That's weird. Shards of glass. <laughs> Maybe okay. like the little itty bitty crunch. I yeah. don't know. So Derek, we we asked you kind of the, the if somebody was starting recipe question, but if if you had to pick like your favorite recipe on your blog that people could go check out, what would that be? I think one of the recipes that I'm probably most proud of right now is my carnitas recipe. I start off by smoking it. And then braising it in like uh, guajillo peppers and a little bit of uh, citrus. Like I, I throw a couple oranges in there and like just it's just oh it when it's done, it is so good. Like I, I was never a fan of carnitas for years. And like I recently started doing keto and like one of the meats that they always kind of 
pull you towards is, you know, pork because it's got a higher fat content. Yeah. And so I started eating carnitas and I was like, man, these are so bland. Like everywhere you go, like, and then like finally one place I ate them, I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can get on board with these. These are good. And so I started kind of like figuring out how I could do like my own carnitas and like how they're made and how I can make them good. And yeah, I'm pretty proud of that recipe. That's something that I can definitely get behind. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like carnitas, they can either be like really bland and dry yeah. or like the best of the Mexican dishes ever. Yeah. We'll definitely have to check that one out. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a long, it's a long cook, but it, it's worth it if you're into carnitas. As with most things, you know, things that <laughs> are not easy and take a long time often are the best. Yep. So Derek, any upcoming projects that we could be aware of? So this year I've got like a whole slew of things planned and it's just basically comes down to if I can, like I said, I, I, I get a goal and I have, or I have a vision and then I, you know, I set my goals and then once the rubber hit the, hits the road, it's kind of all over the place, but really hoping to get a cookbook out. I don't know if it will be published, but it'll at least be done and ready to be published uh, this year. That's one project I'm working on. And then I am going a full speed ahead with YouTube this year. So there be cool. a lot of videos this year. Nice. Yeah. So if, if somebody wanted to kind of check those videos out, do you, do you have a YouTube channel yet yeah. or should they just kind of follow, follow you on social and yeah, stay tuned? YouTube is live and you know, I, I'm starting to post uh, the videos once a week. It's uh, just youtube.com, the uh, dad with a pan. I started off at the end of the, the year, kind of like I was getting all the videos out and I was pretty consistent and then work just hit like, you know, my nine to five got crazy. And that was like a big push to why, like I decided to quit. It's like, I put all this energy into my YouTube channel and now I have to like take it away. And it's just like, I, I can't do that. I, I really want YouTube to be like a big, you know, platform for me. So videos are going up once a week and hopefully I can get more out too. Ring the bell, nice. smash yep. that like button. <laughs> smash that like button. Oh man. I, one of the videos I did, I, I said that and I'm like, I was like, Oh my God, did I just say that? Like, it was just like a, it was just like a, re, like a knee jerk thing response to say is like, it's, you see it, hear it so many times. You just like smash that like button. Okay. So youtube.com slash dad with a pan. And is that your handle on all your social platforms as well? Dad with a pan, no spaces on all the platforms. And then if people wanted to check out your food blog, kind of same, same URL. Yep. Dadwithapan.com. Cool. Well, I will definitely have to go check out that carnitas recipe. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a, I'm going to make some carnitas this weekend and some pasta sauce and <laughs> I don't know, I might put them together. We'll see what happens. All the things and just get some nacho cheese while you're at it and some round, uh, round chips. It's an homage to you, Derek. <laughs> I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks, Derek. Uh, it's been a ton of fun just kind of hearing a little bit of how how you got started and what you're up to, and it's been great. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Great. Thanks, Derek. Okay, Phil, I think I have a little bit of a confession to make. I'm all ears. I got to be honest. I, I actually do kind of really like Hawaiian pizza. It's not bad. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> I would say that it's one of my favorites. I like we a lot of different types. We don't have many listeners in New York anyways. It's good. It's good. There's nothing wrong with pineapple. I just don't like when the when the Canadian bacon curls and gets like almost crispy. Yeah, that's a little much. It's, I think it's got to be it's thicker. It's like a strange so texture. Yeah, 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 so it doesn't doesn't do the curly, curly funky. I think I'll take thing. it so far as to say that it's not the pineapple that gets me with with Hawaiian pizza, but it's the Canadian bacon. I'm okay with that. Like, like I, I think I could call a pizza place and say I'll, I'll have a Hawaiian pizza hold the Canadian bacon and be just fine with that. Or, you know, if you're like my kids, just sub it out for some black olives. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one. But have you tried it? I don't like <laughs> olives as much as 
some other people I know. It's not it's not like okay, so olives aren't mushroom level for me, but eh, they're fine. Is there a food you do like? Pineapple. <laughs> I thought we just covered this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like most foods, Phil. Anyway, pineapple's great. Derek was fantastic. And everybody should definitely check out his stuff. He has he does absolutely nail the food porn photography side of things, mm-hmm. as well as the really interesting twists on maybe like classic easy comfort foods and he just really knows how to elevate those dishes so dad with a pan be sure to look him up and while you're swiping just swipe on over to to our instagram love to have you there at dad's kitchen co because we're we're basically as big as derek in terms of the social in terms of the of the carbon footprint the instagram (laughs) carbon footprint we're basically the same pretty much all right chris well this has been fun i'm gonna go make some black olives I'm gonna put them on my finger. So my mic. Gonna I'm gonna put them, them on my fingers. You're gonna make some black Can olives. You? <laughs> yeah. Like, You've not done that. You're gonna grow them yourself. Sure. Just in the next little bit. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Phil. Thanks. I'll let you know how it goes. Looking forward to it. Oh.